0: God's child, I stand here forgiven. My sins have been cast in the depths of the sea. I have been lost in the stream of salvation, and I free. I have good news, your sins are forgiven. The father will away as the east is from west. Come now and bathe in the stream of salvation, and know this
1: verse. Good Sunday morning. Welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Vasco.
2: I want to thank God this morning that I'm saved. I'm a born-again Christian. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. My sins are forgiven, and I have eternal life. Praise God for that. I'm not any better than anybody else, and I'm not more worthy of heaven than anyone else is. In fact, I'm not worthy of heaven at all. But God invited me to receive his gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. I accepted his invitation by choosing to receive Jesus as my Savior, and now I have a close, personal relationship with God and a life full of blessings that come with living in fellowship with God. I have problems and challenges and struggles just like everyone else does, but God gives me the strength and the resources to solve the problems, to overcome the challenges, to endure the struggles. And I praise the Lord for all that it took for the gospel message to get to me, so that on June the 8th, 1981, I would put my faith in Jesus Christ and my life would be forever changed. I know there are many people listening right now who would say the same thing. I praise God that I'm saved. I praise God that I have a Bible that God uses to guide me through life. I praise God that I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. I praise God that I know how to get my prayers answered. I wouldn't trade my life as a born-again Christian for any life in the world. My daily relationship with God is the most precious treasure that I possess, and it's God who makes every other good thing in my life possible. I'm a big believer in knowing how you got to where you are. I think it's important to be thoroughly acquainted with your own heritage so that you appreciate what you have and so that you'll know how to keep what you have and so that you'll know how to pass it on to those who come after you. And knowing how I got to where I am in life includes knowing my spiritual heritage, knowing what God did in order for me to know Him and in order for me to have everlasting life. Do you know the Bible says that God prepared For Jesus to die for our sins before he ever created the world. Revelation 13.8 says that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If you know about the fall of Lucifer, you know that before the creation of the human race, Lucifer was an angel created by God who rose up in pride against God and wanted to be God. The Bible says that like lightning, Lucifer or Satan was cast out of heaven and he was immediately damned to everlasting destruction without any hope of redemption. Why is it then that we, the human race, rebelled against God, but we were given another chance? We were given the opportunity to repent and return to God. Why weren't we immediately damned for eternity like Satan was? Well, the answer is very simple. God already had a Redeemer in place for us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was already designated to come to earth at exactly the right time and pay for the sins of man, to die for the rebellion of the human race, so that God could justly offer us full forgiveness of sins. God provided for our rebellion before we ever rebelled. Man, that's amazing. I'm so glad that I'm saved. I praise God that he provided for the complete forgiveness of my sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I praise God that he loves me that much. The Bible says, God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much, that before he ever created the human race, and before mankind ever chose to rebel against him, God already had a redeemer in place, ready to die for the sins of mankind, so that man could rightfully be forgiven, and live forever. I praise God for establishing the Hebrew race through Abraham. The Hebrew race would be the people through which God would reveal His plan of redemption to the world. I praise God for the prophets of the Old Testament foretelling with total accuracy the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. I praise God that every detail of the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I praise God that Jesus was willing to endure not only the physical pain of his crucifixion, but much more horrific, the spiritual agony of being separated from God the Father. Mankind will never know the absolute torture of body, soul, and spirit that Jesus endured as he hung on that cross, rejected by man and rejected by God. God the Father was ripped apart from God the Son all because of my sin and all for the sake of my reconciliation to God. I praise God that Jesus didn't stay dead, that after three days of being buried, he rose victoriously from the grave, having paid for our sins and having conquered death. Oh, I wish I could get the attention of every person on earth and say, hey, do you realize that death is conquered? Do you realize that death doesn't have to be the end? Through Jesus, it can be just a transition, just the beginning of everything that God originally intended for you to have. I praise God that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death for everyone who will believe on him. I praise God for Christian people for the last 2,000 years who have been willing to give their lives to share the gospel message with everyone who is willing to listen. I praise God for Christian people who at times have had to meet in hiding to avoid persecution and execution for the simple crime of believing on Jesus. I praise God for multiple thousands of men and women who were willing to face martyrdom for the sake of having a copy of the Bible in their own language. I thank God for that group of pilgrims, Puritan Christians who were willing to risk death in order to bring their children to a place where they would have the opportunity to raise them to love and obey God. I praise God for faithful preachers and teachers and Christians throughout our nation's history who have passed the Christian faith to the next generation. I praise God for Christians who had the faith passed to them and didn't tamper with it, didn't monkey with it, didn't change it to try to make it more appetizing to the current culture, but passed it along just as they had received it. I praise God for my first pastor, Pastor Earl Eastwood, for my second pastor, Pastor Bob Crichton, for my third pastor, Pastor Dale Bertalovitz, and for my fourth and final pastor, Pastor Jack Hiles. These men preached faithfully the word of God with the same doctrine that was preached by Jesus Christ and the apostles. I have books written by hundreds of different faithful Christian men in nearly every one of the 20 centuries since Jesus lived. And the message has not changed. It's still the same message given to the world by Jesus Christ. And I praise God that it got to me through faithful pastors. I praise God for faithful Sunday school teachers who week after week sat in a little classroom with three or four students and taught us the Bible. I praise God for godly Christian parents who raised me and taught me in the Christian faith and took me to church every week for Sunday school and Sunday morning and back to church on Sunday night and then on Wednesday night for prayer meeting. And I praise God that when I heard the gospel message, by the grace of God, I received it and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I praise God for giving me a beautiful Christian wife with whom I share my life and my relationship with God every day. I praise God that I've been blessed to pass the message of Jesus Christ onto my own three children and that they have each made Jesus their Savior. Would you listen with me as my kids sing for us? I'm so glad that he found me.
3: I was on the mountain, wandering from the fountain, when I heard my Savior calling me. He said, come to me, relenting of your sins, repenting, and I'm going to lead you out where you can see. found me in love. He bound me with his arms around me. He led me to the shelter. Glowing someday I'm glowing. going to my home, my home in glory and walk the streets paved with gold. Now I'm gonna love him ever, gonna stray from him, no never. Cause he's the dearest friend I ever knew And when I see him yonder His love will still grow fonder In that happy home beyond the blue And I'm so glad that he found me he bound me, with his arms around me, he led me to the shelter, and now I'm one of his own. And oh, the joy of knowing, with hearts of glory. Streets paved with gold and walk the streets paved with gold.
2: I praise God for all that it took for me to get saved. And if you know Jesus is your Savior, of course, many of the things that I said a few minutes ago are things that are also true for you. And then there comes a point in your story where it gets very detailed and specific in telling how the gospel message got to you. Maybe you could name your pastors or your Sunday school teachers. Maybe it was a family member or a co-worker who first told you about Jesus Christ. Maybe someone knocked on your door or handed you a gospel track, or maybe you heard a preacher on the TV or the radio tell you that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead. Your story is every bit as interesting and important and glorious as anyone else's. If you haven't made Jesus your Savior, I beg you, don't put it off. There's an urgency about the message of salvation. God gives us a lifetime to seek and find the truth. And then he holds us responsible for what we do with his truth. And if you die without saying yes to Jesus, then it's too late to do anything about it. This is urgent. It's vital that you put your faith in Jesus Christ today. It's urgent for a number of reasons. One reason is that you don't know when you're going to die. Of course, I know that popular opinion tells us that death is the end. When you're dead, you're dead. But surely you're not going to risk your eternal destiny on popular opinion. And don't base it on what I say either. You don't even know me. But you have a creator who knows you and who's waiting to answer all your questions. And with a simple, sincere prayer of, God, please show me, you'd be surprised at the answers that you'll begin to see very clearly. But if you keep hiding behind the flimsy curtain of popular opinion, you're risking standing before the almighty God of the universe, naked, powerless, and without excuse. And you don't know when that might be. It could be today. Many people around the world went to bed last night fully expecting, just as you and I did, that they'd live another day. But they didn't wake up this morning. It's urgent that you put your faith in Jesus today because you don't know when death is coming. It's urgent because you're going to face God someday. The Bible describes the scene for us, and it's written in the past tense because God gave the Apostle John, who wrote this passage, a tour of the future. And then God instructed him to describe what he saw. And here's what the Bible says. I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, what it all comes down to is this are those words true? Multiplied millions of people, some of the most famous and successful people who have ever lived, have testified and will testify that the Bible is true. At the very least, the message of the Bible is worthy of your investigation. But as someone who has spent my life studying the Bible and watching God use it and bless it with perfect precision, I say to you, it is urgent that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's urgent because you don't know when you'll die and it's urgent because someday you are going to face God. It's also urgent because that same Bible says that there is a hell. I know that's not a popular concept, and I know there's plenty of modern ministers who think it's acceptable to pretend that the Bible doesn't say that there's a hell. But make no mistake about it, the Bible is very clear that there's a place of eternal damnation where sin is punished forever. The Bible is very clear that everyone who crosses the portals of death without Jesus Christ the Savior is damned forever. Whatever hell is or is not, it's very clear that God urges us in the Bible not to go there. And it's very clear that none of us has to go there. It's urgent for another reason. It's urgent because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming again. For 2,000 years, Jesus has been the patient, loving Savior, inviting and waiting for people to trust in His forgiveness. But when He decides that the human race has exhausted our opportunities... That we have rejected and despised his grace long enough. And that we would rather believe lies than receive the truth. He will return and clean up this horrible mess that we've made. The Bible says that Jesus will come as a thief in the night. In a moment, everything will change. God will unleash a series of judgments on this world that are beyond any horror you can imagine. Beyond any picture that Hollywood can paint. And you don't want to be here for that. Listen, friend, the Bible prophesied things that would happen as time goes on, and they have come to pass one after another. The Bible foretold the marvels of modern transportation. The Bible foretold the information age. The Bible foretold that one day it would be possible for an event to be viewed by people around the world all at the same moment. These are things that we take for granted now, but they're pretty incredible predictions to have been made in a day of chariots and sundials. The Bible describes a time when our personal identity would be at risk to the point where it would be necessary to have our ID actually attached to or to become a part of our bodies. And you know we're getting real close to that. The Bible makes it very plain that the nation of Israel would always be hated that the entire world would eventually rise up against Israel, but that ultimately Israel will prevail. How did those ancient prophets know that 3,000 years after they wrote, the little nation of Israel would still exist? Let alone that we'd be talking about it every day in the news. And that all these years later, they'd be so hated by so much of the world. And by the way, can you explain, especially in the light of those prophecies, How Israel is surrounded geographically by people sworn to destroy her, yet they can never seem to succeed. If the testimony of Israel alone doesn't make you give the Bible a second glance, then I'm sorry, you're just bent on your own destruction. But that same Bible declares that Jesus will return with no warning. He'll let all hell be unleashed on this earth for seven years to clean it up. And then at the end of those seven years, he'll fight for Israel in the Battle of Armageddon. And afterwards, he'll set up his kingdom on this earth, a kingdom that'll last for a thousand years. It's not easy to put Bible prophecy in a three-minute nutshell. But the bottom line is, if Christ comes and you haven't trusted him, you're going to find out what the phrase, hell on earth, really means. And the Bible also describes a strange spiritual transformation that will take place on the earth. During those seven years, the world's going to be led by a political leader who will lead the world with lies. And the people who are left on the earth will automatically believe those lies. The Bible says that when people reject the truth... God will give them what they want. He will steer them into greater lies. Hey, when you turn away from the truth, all that's left is lies. So when you reject the truth, by default, you're choosing lies. And God says that because those who have reject Christ have chosen to reject the truth, they'll be caught up in a huge wave of lies. Here, listen for yourself. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10-12. through 12. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So in case you're thinking, well, once I recognize what's happening, then I'll realize that the Bible was true all along and I'll believe it. But that same Bible warns you No, you won't. And that's why the Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. There's an urgency about the gospel message because we don't know when we're going to die. It's urgent because someday you're going to face God. It's urgent because the Bible says that there is a hell. It's urgent because you don't want to be left on this earth after Jesus returns. And on top of the reasons that I've listed, it's urgent because we don't know what the future holds. How could you not agree that things are getting worse by the day in our nation? The threat of terrorism is not going away. It just keeps getting closer. The hatred and the social division among our people isn't going away. It just keeps getting more intense. Our nation's debt isn't going away. It just keeps growing, and at some point it's going to destroy us. There's no guarantee that a wave of poverty can't sweep across America. There's no guarantee that the Muslim terrorists who are murdering in other parts of the world won't be on our streets. I have a missionary friend who serves right in the middle of it all and he warns me regularly, tell your people to prepare themselves. It's coming your way. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. Seek the Lord. Get to know him. Trust him. Learn how to pray. I don't want to face the future without God. So if you can see the urgency of the gospel message, let me summarize it all for you. Every human being has sinned against our Creator. We are a rebellious race. We're a fallen race. Jesus Christ died for our sins and He rose from the dead to make it possible for us to be redeemed. God invites us individually, one at a time, to receive that redemption for ourselves. He says that if we'll simply acknowledge our sinful condition. And believe on Jesus as our Savior because He died for us, then He'll forgive our sins and give us everlasting life. That's what the Bible calls getting saved. And if it sounds simple, it's because God made it simple. He wants everybody to make that choice. If you want to make that choice, it's as simple as talking to God for yourself and saying something like this Dear God, I know that I've sinned against you, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sin. I believe you died for me. Right now, I receive you as my Savior. Come into my heart. Save my soul. I trust you to take me to heaven. And I give my life to you today. Amen.
0: understand.
1: people of Northeast Baptist Church, thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you would like to share your thoughts about the program, you can call us at 203-798-7088. Northeast Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We invite you to worship with us at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Our worship service won't remind you of a funeral. And it won't remind you of a rock concert. It's just a little bit of heaven on earth. We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7. God bless you. Have a great week. I am the
0: child, I stand here forgiven. My sins have been cast in the depths of the sea. I have been washed in the stream of salvation.